0: Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse one, we read, Jesus went out from the temple and was going on his way. His disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. Note the words, Jesus departed the temple. Certainly, we see this as a physical and bodily departure from the temple. Yet, we must acknowledge that for the same reasons he left, the presence of God had left the temple before and would again subsequently. Often, we are apt to believe that the overt presence and involvement of God is a guarantee of some sort. While God is indeed omnipresent, we must realize that in certain situations, he will indeed pull away his active participation in a life or even a church fellowship if sin and rebellion has found root there. Psalm 66:18 says, If I cherish sin in my heart, the Lord wouldn't have listened. And in Isaiah 1:15, we read, When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, when you make many prayers I will not hear, your hands are full of blood. Our interaction with the active spirit of God is dependent upon our obedience to that very same spirit. We cannot, no matter how we might try, reinvent the rules of the game. We can operate within the scope of his guidance and the parameters of his word, or frankly, We will operate alone. We may have the engine, but we will be absent the gas. In this, one is faced with the mind-numbing question. How many churches are operating out there literally without the presence of God in their midst? Verse 2 of our text reads, But he answered them, You see all of these things, don't you? And most certainly, I tell you, there will not be left one stone on another, that will not be thrown down. While his disciples were in awe of the works brought by the hands of men, Jesus seemed to have a more spiritual intent in mind. He asks his disciples, do you not see all these things? Jesus, it seemed, was trying to communicate a deeper truth, which can only be known by those with ears and eyes wide open. Indeed, such a task is more difficult with men than we might think. Matthew eleven fifteen says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is referring here to a not-so-future event in which the temple, and for the most part, the whole of Jerusalem, would be brought down to mere rubble. The religious system that it represented, would also be brought to a similar demise. Pastor David Guzik says this, quote, It is said that at the fall of Jerusalem, the last surviving Jews of the city fled to the temple because it was the strongest, most secure building in the city. Roman soldiers surrounded it, and one drunken soldier started a fire that soon engulfed the whole building. Ornate gold, detail, work, in the roof melted down in the cracks between the stone walls of the temple and to retrieve the gold, the Roman commander ordered that the temple be dismantled stone by stone. And the destruction was so complete that today they have true difficulty learning exactly where the temple was." Verse three says, And he sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? What is the sign of your coming and the end of the age? In that day, just as it is now, mankind wondered about the future. What was coming? What would happen? How will all this play out? From their very creation, such questions have been on the hearts and minds of men. Jesus' answer to when is not specifically given here in Matthew's Gospel. But he does answer in Luke where he begins as Matthew does appropriately with the words, do not be deceived. Verse four says, Jesus answered them, be careful that no one leads you astray. And Jesus felt, you see, that the most important thing with which to begin this oration was with a warning. A warning that should be heeded even yet today as we step into the realm of end times prophecy in this passage, then and now there are those who inadvertently will, and frankly some even with purpose, attempt to deceive God's very elect. Verse 5 describing this says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will lead many astray. Now, we cannot help but take notice of the fact that Jesus seems to be purposely vague in this passage and the verses that follow. Certainly, he could have been more specific, yet for some reason, he chose not to. Now, one reason for such can only be that he only wanted us to know what he was going to tell us. The day and the hour, as well as other specifics concerning the end days or the end of days, were therefore purposely withheld, while, on the other hand, crucial data was literally hand-delivered. In other words, we heard what He wanted us to hear. So instead of poring over this passage with a magnified glass in an attempt to find some secret info or hidden clue, it would behoove us to understand what it is that is before us, what is clearly on the table. His first warning is concerning those who would come pretending to be the Christ. Today, with time on our side, we know the fuller truth of this prophecy by simply reading the newspapers. Many have indeed come and have gone while claiming to be Christ, and as prophecy declares, many have been deceived. Deception, well that has always been one of the enemy's greatest tools. When we compromise the word, when we move away from the absolute, or when we rebel against God's authority, we place ourselves in the danger zone, if you will, of deception. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.